Akuo, this has been such a great time to spend with you this year. As you know, the word that God gave us to live out this year is ready. And the idea behind that is that we are ready right now as currently constructed. We are all ready to make an impact in this world. We are ready to listen to God, love people, learn our purpose, and link to our community. And in this series that we're in, we've been taking a look at what a second nature looks like something that is greater than what we just naturally want to do? And how can we do all these things by leaning on what Jesus has asked us to do? But well, we can develop a second nature. We can develop the nature of Jesus. Now, before we go any further into this message, let's just go ahead and take a moment to pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. As we listen to your words, let us understand them better than we ever have before. Jesus, we ask that you'd be moving today. We ask that you'd be speaking to every single person that hears my voice, that they wouldn't hear my voice, but they'd actually be hearing your voice, Lord. Help us understand who you are better, what you call us to do better, so we can develop a better second nature, something more like you. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Well, with today being Father's Day, it got me to thinking about great dads that I've been able to see in action. Of course, my dad, love him, he's great. My grandpa, my father-in-law is a good one. All great dads in their own right. Then I've had spiritual fathers and mentors in my life that have taken on father-like roles at, at different points as well. But I gotta let you know, there's one dad that I know I will never live up to. I don't have a chance. It's this guy. Yep, it's a cartoon dog. And his name is Bandit, and he's in a show on the Disney Channel called Bluey. Now, okay, just hear me out. Bandit is the dad of Bluey, who's the main character of the show, and Bingo, who's Bluey's little sister. Bandit is also married to Chili. And Bandit is a dad that offices from home and is normally with the kids. Bandit is an archaeologist, so he's a dog that digs for bones. Totally love it. They got I'm sold on that. Now, with all that being said, I have to tell you that Bandit might be the best dad of all time. And I know this sounds silly, but there are multiple times where I'm watching this show and I'm literally crying at the end of it. I hate it. And then the kids are like, Dad, why are you crying? I'm like, I don't know, man. You don't, like, they don't, they don't get it. But they do a great job of hitting these amazing moments between a father and his kids. And there was an episode called Bike. Uh, in this episode, we see Bluey trying her best to ride her bike at the park, and she keeps on falling off and falling off, and finally she just gets mad and walks away because she just wants to be able to do it right away. So she comes over to sit with Bandit on the bench where he's sitting, and in this moment, he doesn't lecture her. He doesn't make Bluey get back on that bike. He just lets her sit with him to take a look at what is happening in the park. Now, I know that's not how I would react in the moment. In t it's times like these where I find myself seeing the show and going, man, I want to be a dad more like Bandit. Now, have you ever been looking at another dad parent, their kids, and felt like less of a dad or, or less of a parent? Or have you seen that parent you know do something and you said, man, I wish I could be like that. Or maybe you've seen a dad do something and you said, man, I wish I had a dad like that. I mean, I, I think we've all done at least one of these things on some level. Now, maybe it doesn't happen when you're watching a cartoon dog, but we've all experienced something like that. And as dads and non-dads, we need to know what a healthy father-child relationship looks like, because there's a lot of us that are fathers and all of us are children. 
So we need to see what it looks like to have a second nature going on in that role from father to child. So that's what we're going to do today. We want to take a look at the ideas submitted to us about fatherhood by the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul wrote a letter to the church in the city of Ephesus, and one of the things that he hit on is how a father should act. Now, as we all know, the amount of information that someone could share about fatherhood and, and pass on from one generation to another, especially something like this that has lasted for thousands of years, is nearly endless. But Paul boils it down to a couple of sentences. Here's what he wrote. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So even though there are only two sentences that I can see, we can actually take a lot from them. The first thing I need everyone to know is that in their culture, during this time, dads are expected to be the unquestioned head of the household, almost rulers, right? However, this flows through the entire family. Some translations would translate that first word into parents, and here's why. Fathers is said specifically to make sure that fathers are doing this. It's assumed that mothers were already doing this stuff. So Paul had to specifically say fathers to make sure that the dads were engaged with the rest of us, so they're paying attention, right? So they're like, he's like, fathers! And they're like, oh, what, what? Oh, th this is for me too? So I just want you moms out there to know that this applies to you too. And as we go through this, feel free to apply these ideas to your parenting as well. So let's jump back into this and into this first part. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. So after that, Paul writes not to provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. And we actually talked about this idea a few weeks ago. We saw Jesus, what Jesus thought about anger. Here's what he said. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in the danger of the fires of hell. Here, Jesus is saying it's not only the act of murder that is wrong, but it's the internal attitude behind the act. Yes, murder is wrong, and the anger prompting the act is also as wrong as the act itself. Now, to take this whole idea further, becoming angry and assuming you're better than someone else, right? Like, like a, a father thinking that they're at a different level than a child and making them angry and, and screaming that at them, that demonstrates a sinfulness of the heart. Jesus is making a point about something specific here. Jesus is saying that when God gave the sixth commandment, he didn't want people just to not murder one another. God wanted something more. Jesus wanted something more. He wanted them to keep from the hatred that leads to murder. Murder is just the external manifestation of the internal problem. And of course, we don't want our kids to feel that. We don't need to heap that kind of emotion onto our children. We don't need to draw that kind of emotion out of our kids. Jesus said that we are paving a way to hell with our own anger, and we cannot lead our children into the same direction. So if you're one of those parents that feels the need to punish your kids by making sure they are angry, when they've done something wrong, stop. Jesus cared so much about our anger because he knew it would destroy us if it went up check, it unchecked. If we kept getting fed, Jesus knew it would keep burning. So as dads, we have to make sure we are not provoking our kids into anger, but also we need to show them that it's not good to live our lives with anger leading us, leading ourselves. 
If they see you yell and scream and flip out all the time, then you have given them permission to do it in their own lives. You have helped provoke anger in your child. And the expectation is that this will happen. You won't be perfect at this. You will get mad. But remember, we are developing a second nature, the nature of Christ. So I expect that you will get this wrong sometimes. Now, when this happens, when you do mess up, it is so important that you do something. It is important that you apologize, that you correct yourself. You don't need to be perfect, but you do have to show your kids that you can be wrong, that you do have faults. But even in your faults, that you will love them the best that you can. Now let's take a look at the next idea we see in this writing from Paul. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So the first thing that we see in this phrase is bring them up which is something that kind of jumped out at me. So I figured we could take a deeper look at this. So when you go back to the language that it is translated from, which is Greek, you can learn a little bit more about what the author Paul maybe was trying to get at here. The word for bring up is ektrefo, which means to nourish, to bring up to maturity. This idea to nourish something to maturity, it's not just something that is quick and easy. To do that takes time, intentional action, and genuine care. This is not a one time or a few times a year or a once a month kind of thing. To bring nourishment, to bring something up in nourishment into maturity means that you are there on the regular. Really what Paul is doing is giving dads the expectation for you, for us, to be around and to be involved. It's not enough to just have kids growing up in your house. You actually have to participate in the upbringing. It's not enough for, to get your kids signed up for t-ball. you got to go to the practice, go to the games, and cheer. It's not enough to make sure that they have all the up-to-date clothes and backpacks and video games. You actually have to be there. Paul is telling all the dads that the expectation of you is that you are helping raise your kids. More than just a protector and a provider, you actually got a parent. So how can we parent? What do us dads have to do to nourish our kids to maturity? Well, Paul says that too. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. We need to bring them up with discipline and instruction. But not just what we think, right? Not just the instructions that we have, or like what our favorite politicians talk about, or even what our favorite pastor thinks. We need to show them the discipline and instruction that comes from God. Now, this is a nice sentiment to speak out from time to time. We get our discipline from God. We're disciplined by the Lord. But in all honesty, what does God's discipline actually look like? Let's take a look at that. In the ancient book of Jewish Proverbs, here's what it says. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. You see, in the ancient... Hebrew of Proverbs, discipline means to instruct, correct, chastise, or rebuke. Depending on the Old Testament context, the, the Hebrew could mean physically chastising someone, but it normally means the idea of correction, instruction, or disapproval. Now here's the problem. A lot of us dads will read the word discipline, and you will think it means punishment. That ain't it. Actually, whenever you see this old Hebrew word used in Jewish scripture for discipline by punishment, it's not normally used with a child. It's only used with adults in the court system. 
So when it is used here in Paul's letter in the New Testament, it's about correction and instruction, which makes more sense why Paul uses the phrase discipline and instruction, correction and instruction. These two things go together. It's not about like physically or reprimanding. For us dads, we're called to lead our kids, not with anger and fear, not by withholding love or praise, but by nourishing them with the instruction that comes from the Lord. It makes me think back to my baddest dad on the planet, Bandit. I've dealt with my kid getting frustrated by riding a bike and teaching him how to do that. I kept on making him get right back on. I kept on pushing him to figure it out even though he was getting frustrated. I was not going to let him quit. And that method went so well that it was Lauren that actually got him up and riding a bike, not me. So Bandit, he got Bluey after she was frustrated with riding her bike to go and sit down with them. They sat, they looked at the park. And while they were looking, they saw a few kids in similar spots that Bluey was in. They were struggling, struggling to figure something out. They all threw fits, but when they were left alone, they all figured it out. They changed what they were doing and achieved what they were after. After they see this, see what's happening, cheer for the people achieving their, their thing they're trying to do, there's a long pause, and Bluey gets up from the bench, gets her helmet back on, and walks over to her bike. Still sitting on the bench, almost under his breath, Bandit looks at his daughter. Before she's even given it another try, he says, nice work, Bluey. And the show ends as she gets up on her bike to get it moving, but we don't see how it goes. Which is kind of how God the Father is kind of looking at us. He knows we're going to fall. He knows we won't be perfect. But that's not what he's asking us to do. He wants us to keep going. He wants us to trust that we have the ability to do this thing that he has called us to. He wants us to trust in him. So before we fail or succeed at whatever it is we are trying to do, God looks at us as the ultimate father that he is. And he doesn't scream at us, doesn't blow trumpets in our face, just quietly almost whispers, good job, son. Good job, daughter. Which is the best thing that we can get. Now, the first step to living a life like this, to stepping into God's family, is by believing that Jesus is who he said he was. God walking this earth in human form. Believing that Jesus did what is recorded about him. That he led a life without sinning, sacrificed his life, came back to life, and went back into heaven. If you believe that, then you can have full access to this family, to the blessings and the inheritance that comes along with it. Now, if you've never believed, and you want to confirm that belief right now, you want to take those steps, or maybe you just want to take a moment to reconfirm your belief, here's what I want to do for you. I want to lead you in a conversation with Jesus, which we would call a prayer. And in this prayer, you'll just simply confirm your trust and faith in him. It might be rattling around in your head that maybe you're kind of thinking about that, but let's go ahead and have that conversation and confirm that. And what I'll do is ask the rest of the Akuo community to pray along with you, because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community there with you to go with you through your tough times. So if you want to confirm your belief in Jesus right now, just go ahead and say this just between you and him. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you, 
and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now we are also a kuo, which means to listen. We want to be listening to God on the regular. So what I want to do is give you the chance to sit back and ask God a question and have him answer it. We want to be listening to God. Now, when we ask this question, listen, you might uh, have an opportunity where you get a picture in your head. You might hear uh, a word audibly. Uh, you might get a thought kind of spoken that kind of plays in your head over and over again. Maybe nothing happens. No matter what, here's the deal. We want to sit in front of God and spend this time with him. Because as we've been saying all year long, the best ability we can have when it comes to God is our availability. Okay, so just between you and Jesus, I want you to ask these two questions. One question is going to be for the dad. So if you're a dad, you can ask this question. And the other question is for everyone. So everybody will get at least one question. So the first question is the dad question. Dads, just ask this. Just say, Jesus, can you show me the places I can be a better father? And the question for everyone, Jesus, can you show me the places that you are proud of me for my effort? I'll give you a couple minutes to listen, and I'll come back to close in prayer. Jesus, thank you for everything that you've done for us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for laying your life down for us. Thank you for becoming the perfect lamb for us. Thank you for giving us access to your family. Thank you for making us brothers and sisters. Jesus, please help us dads to be the best that we can for our kids, whether they are small or all grown. Jesus, help us dads lead our kids without provoking anger, being present and showing them the discipline that can only come from you. And Jesus, please help all of us, children with our own dads, help us see the ways that we have been blessed. Jesus, please help us see how we have the ultimate Father in heaven cheering for us every step of the way. And help us be a little bit more like that. We thank you for everything, Jesus, and we love you. And we pray all of these things in your name. Amen. Now, before we go, let me share a few things that we have going on. 
Last Sunday, we had our Feed SA drive to help stock the food bank during its lowest time of giving. Well, y'all stepped up. Together, Arakuo community was able to raise nearly 11,000 meals for people in the San Antonio area. I appreciate all of you so much. Now let's remember that generous mindset as we go out through, throughout the rest of our weeks. Don't let it be just about one drive, but allow that to be a part of the second nature that you are developing. That was just one of the first steps of that. Now, speaking of meals, we'll be having our dinner groups meeting up once again, and we'll be hosting these meals in dining rooms across the area from July 21st to the 23rd. If you're interested in one of those, you can reach out to me at humby.sedveta at akuo.church, or you can scan the QR code on the screen and sign up to host a group. Next, for the last few years, we've been part of the Monticello Neighborhood Association 4th of July Parade, and we will be doing the same again this year. This is a time where families and the community come together, uh, decorate their wagons and their bikes and, and whatever themselves, uh, and walk around the pocket park, the Monticello Pocket Park here in the neighborhood. Now what we will be doing is handing out paletas and, and cold drinks and doing our best to link to the community. We would love to have you join up with us for a great hangout, or if you would like to help us do some of the setup. So we want you to be a part of that. Now, when you are generous here to Kua, I need you to know that it goes towards things like this. Us reaching out to our community, linking to them, and serving them in the best way possible. We are doing our best to be like the early church we see in the book of Acts, where everyone would throw all the resources in the middle, and then a small group would make sure the ones that were needy got what they needed. When you are generous here to Kuo, I need you to know that you are being generous to your community through a Kuo. And so when it comes to all these things, I need you to understand, when you give here, it goes towards us supporting people in the community like that. Different organizations. It goes towards us helping people stay off the street and making sure that they have a place to stay when it's 120 degrees outside. It goes towards things like that. And I want to encourage you not to like pat ourselves on the back, but to let you know that when you give here, you are part of that. And you are helping change and shape our community when you are generous here to Kuo. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, or maybe you haven't heard from God yet and how you should be giving, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here to Kuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering in the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a place that you start. However, we do not want this to be a burden for you. As we've been talking about, we want you to be developing a second nature, a nature more like Jesus, a nature of generosity. So this isn't the thing where you give to God and you're like expecting something back. This is a thing where you get to celebrate the awesomeness of giving back to God what he has given to you because of your relationship through Jesus. We just want to make sure that we are trusting God with every single facet of our lives, including our resources. Now, the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and if that's you, that's okay. If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out. We want to be linked to you during your tough time, so if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there to the website, all you have to do is click on the giving link and then follow the on-screen instructions. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text Akuo 
A-K-O-U-O in the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. And if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to Akuo at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you, and we'll be praying for you now, and we will continue to pray for you all throughout the week. Now, normally before we go, I'll pray over you, but before we get to that, what I want to do is pray for uh, one of the people in our congregation, our, our friend Tony. If you've been at, at any of our services, there's a pretty good chance you've seen Tony or you've seen some of the work that he does. He's, somewhat, he's one of the guys that will like be the crossing guard and make sure that you're helping people across the street. He'll help us set up in the mornings, help us tear down in the afternoon after we are all done. Uh, Tony was involved in, in a, a, a terrible uh, a tragedy this, this past week where he was actually shot a few times, uh, four times to be exact. Now he is stable, he's in the ICU, he's doing okay, we got a chance to talk to him. But what I want to do is just, I want to ask all of you here at Akuo to be praying along with me right now as we pray for Tony and his family. So Jesus, I thank you for Tony, I, I thank you for his family. I pray that as he goes through this time that you would continue to encourage him in his recovery that you would remind him of the miracle that he is, has experienced to just still be here. I pray that you would show him all the blessings, all the love, all the support that he has here in this world. And I pray uh, that you would also just give him peace and joy in this season. We also pray that same peace and joy would be with all of his family members, his daughters, Lord, every single person that is close to him, that you would give them that same peace and joy. And Jesus, we just thank you for everything that you're doing in his life, and we ask that you would continue to do those things. We love you, and we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you for praying along with me on that. Now, before we go, let me pray over you one last time. Jesus, I ask that as people turn off their TVs, put away their phones, and uh, close their tablets, Lord, I pray that you would be with them, that you would be speaking to them. I pray for all the dads out there that you would help them develop a second nature more like you, Lord, in how they parent their kids. Jesus, I pray that you would show these children what a great father looks like. For the ones that don't have great fathers, Lord, I pray that you would step in for that. I pray that you would send other people to step in to those positions for those kids without great fathers. And I pray that you would just encourage all the dads out there to be so much better. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you next time.